Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey everyone, welcome to Board Games Daily. I'm Jeremiah. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get going today, we've got a cool episode coming up for you. Obviously, Gen Con is well underway at this moment, and uh, we're super jealous that we can't be there. But in the meantime, we had a call-in come in yesterday, and we're going to talk about house rules as a result of that. So thanks for the call-in. I'm Pacific, the casual gamer. Thanks for that. And of course, don't forget to check out our Patreon page and follow us on all the social medias and all of that. So I'm going to stop yammering on here and we're going to get on with this episode. Thanks for tuning in to Board Games Daily. As always, we're powered by Theology of Games. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. I want to ask you guys, if, you know, what makes the best types of house rules to a game? Whether it's integrity changing, gameplay changing, you know, what do you guys think would be some universal, or are there universal rules to making excellent house rules for board games? I would love to know your guys' take on this. Hey everyone, Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. So we got a call from that you may have just listened to from Pacific the Casual Gamer who asked a great question. And that was, what do we consider some of the, uh, the basics of making a house rule? Are there basic things that, that should be done to make a house rule? Is it something we do? Um, how, how do we go about doing that? And, excuse me, for me the answer is that most of the time I don't use house rules. Um, I don't like fiddling with games a whole lot. I'll either like a game or I won't. Now, if there is a small way to make a game vastly better... I, I would consider doing that. There are a couple that come to mind off the top of my head. First, um, Lords of Waterdeep, which is a, a worker placement game that I like quite a bit. At the beginning of the game, you pick a Lord of Waterdeep uh, that gives you bonus victory points at the end based on some hidden criteria. Did you get arcane quests or... I can't remember all the different types of quests, but they're all basically... For, for these two types of quests, you'll get extra victory points. Except there's one that gives you extra victory points for each building you build. I have removed that one because by definition, the way the game works, you can only do that once per turn. Unless certain cards come out or other ways to do it. And um, it, when other people are... There, there are multiple ways to get different kinds of quests, but there's only one way to build a building. And if any of the other players want to build a building on that turn... Well, I guess those are just some endgame Lord of Waterdeep points you're not going to be able to get. I hate that card. I don't know why it's in the game. It makes no sense to me. I remove it. Similarly, there are... Um, oh, I 
can't remember what they're called now. I should have looked it up. But there are things that um, that make people do certain quests in that game and forces them to do it before they can do anything else. I don't like those kind of punitive t- t- things. So because I'm already taking something else out, I also take those out. And it just makes for, in my opinion, a, a better game. Because I mostly don't like take that and pick on some, you know, if I get picked on the least, then I win the game kind of thing. So, um, another game that made me think of this was Aladdin's Dragons. This is a, this is an older game from Alan Moon who did Ticket to Ride. And it's a blind bidding game with an, a, an Arabian theme where you're going through and trying to get items and blind bid on how much you're willing to pay for things. And it's really clever and fun. One of the mechanisms is that there's a spot that has these magic cards and the game tells you to put them face down. And then if you win that spot, you just randomly pick one up. Well, those cards are situational and, and swingy and not, they're not equal in the sense that it's going to be better for one person over another person in certain situations. So we always play with those two cards face up. There, it doesn't change the game in any drastic way, but now you know exactly what you're getting in that spot. And it makes the game so much better, in my opinion. A, th- a last one that I'll talk about is Eldritch Horror. Um, we don't use the Mythos cards. There are only a few of them, but there are a few Mythos cards that basically, for the event, it's just like, oh, now we, one of the mysteries that you've solved, you have not solved it. And I hate garbage like that, especially in a long and complex and involved game like that. We're already playing for hours, and it's already tense, and to just say, oh, one-third of the game that you just spent, gone. That is terrible. Designers need to stop doing stupid stuff like that. So anytime one of those comes out, uh, I think I've removed most of them, but if if one of those comes out, we just ignore it and go to the next one. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Now, so what is the common thread in all those? I don't know. I don't know. To me, well, they clearly make the game better. And so my criteria is if it makes the game better. But there is a lot of things that set you backward um, when you've been working for hours on something that just seem overpowered in their how punitive they are. Um, some of the major take that mechanisms in games. If the whole game is take that, I'm probably not going to be playing it in the first place. But if there's one thing that is a take that in a game, I really hate that. And then just kind of to balance things where if if I pull a card that's unknown to me and it's great situationally, but you do and it's terrible, why not just play those face up? So I don't know if I answered your question, Pacific the Casual Gamer. I appreciate you calling in and talking about this. For the most part, I don't house rule unless it really makes sense to me, but I can't articulate why it makes sense. But hey, thanks for starting the conversation. We appreciate you listening and have a great day. Bye. All right. So I thought I would take a moment to weigh in on my thought on house rules. Now, I'm kind of with Scott. I don't like to tamper with how games are played too much because in my opinion, I've got so many games that if a game isn't good, as it is meant to be played, there probably is a game in my collection that does what I want it to do. And I don't have to kind of fart around with the rules and make it a playable game. But I will say there's a couple things that um, (laughs) really kind of come out of just a a game that we've played a lot and, and things like that. 
Uh, I will say, let's before I go there though, let me say um, every now and then, uh, I think the easiest house rule to make is the length of a game. Like uh, we talked about this with photosynthesis. I thought, Hey, this game's kind of short, you know, the, you get into it and then it's over, which I understand puts a lot of weight on every decision you make, but <clears throat> why not go ahead and make it a little longer? So there's a way you can kind of add a fourth round to it and things like that. Uh, I think that's one of the ways to really kind of, house rule a game uh, another thing that we do there's a couple things we actually do with carcassonne which seems kind of silly that you would do a house rule with a game like that because it is so great and it is such a classic and uh, my family we we go through spurts where we play we'll just like say hey let's play a game we'll just throw carcassonne on the table totally base game no expansions anything like that but we'll play what we call speed carcassonne where it's like you draw that tile and you've got like 10 seconds to put it down and decide if you're going to place a worker on it. And so that really, you know, it moves along quick. We can get a game in in like 20 minutes before bedtime for the, the kids. And uh, it really, it's, it's kind of a cool way to go about it. And it really makes you just kind of play the game and not overthink it and get AP and all that. Another thing we do with carcassonne, is to determine the first player. And I've done this with other games too. So, you know, a lot of games say, oh, take a meeple or a token of every color and then shake them up in your hand and then drop them out one at a time. And that determines, you know, first player or the player order or whatever. Well, we do something completely different than that. And I mean, it's, I guess it's not totally different, but we actually instead of doing the whole you know randomly drop one out of your hands kind of thing we take all of our meeples for the game and we shake them up and we roll them like dice and then you count a point for everyone that's standing on edge so anything that's laying flat doesn't count but if there's something that's standing on its feet or on kind of on its head or on its side as long as it's on the edge, that counts as a point. So you say, oh, I got four or I got three or six or whatever it is. And whoever rolls, quote unquote, the highest gets to be the first player. So uh, so that's one of the ways we kind of do house rule that. Other than that, we really don't have many house rules that we go with because I like, like I said, I, I kind of like to let the game play how it's supposed to play and if it's a good game i'll play it again if not then it'll kind of get lost in the shuffle and never played again <laughs> so there it is um thanks again for the call in really really appreciate it we love it when our listeners are a part of the show and you've successfully done that so i'm gonna get out of here we've got more board games daily coming at you stay tuned folks <music> Winning, winning the spiel. I mean, it's an incredibly humbling experience. Tune in this week to That's How I Roll, where I interview our special guest, Mike Young of Plan B Games. You don't put out a game unless you really have full faith in it. We discuss everything from winning the spiel with Azul to the latest news on the last installment of the Century Games. The third title is um, nearing completion. Uh, I played a prototype of it. Uh, at Dice Tower Con with the designer with Emerson. 
Tune into episode 88 of That's How I Roll for all this and more. So, Gen Con, like I said, it's underway. I told you about a couple games that uh, were worth checking out while you're there, but I'm going to give you a couple more so you can uh, use this as your guide to Gen Con and all things that are happening there, if you so choose. But here's a couple things. Uh, check out, <laughs> whoa, check this out. Check out Everdell. This is from Starling Games. And I just got the collector's edition in the mail yesterday. And whoa, (laughs) this game is amazing. Well, first of all, visually, it's stunning. The components are great. I got the collector's edition. I think it's like another 15, 20 bucks to get the collector's edition. Do it. It's worth it. The components are amazing and beautiful and great. The gameplay is light to medium weight worker placement. I've read through the rules. I've got the game set up on my table. I'll probably get it played over the next day or two here. It looks just like a lot of fun. It's very thematic and immersive and just really gorgeous. It's such a great game to look at. So check Everdell out. Go over to Starling Games. They've also got some cool things like Archmage and uh, a couple other titles that uh, there's some cool stuff going on with Black Orchestra there as well. So check that out. And then you can also uh, make sure you check out, uh, I'm not sure if, I'm I'm guessing they do. Cephalo Fair has a booth. They had one last year. And I also got in the mail this week, the founders of Gloomhaven Game, which is a a worker placement type game where you're actually building the city of Gloomhaven. And uh, it looks, again, looks very cool. There's these really awesome custom cut and painted meeples that look fabulous. The components are great. I've read through most of the rule book. It also looks very good. So there's two games that are very uh, hot, very new, very happening. And of course, if you head over to the Alderac booth, uh, they've got, I believe they've got at least prototypes, if not pre-production copies of Edge of Darkness and uh, some of the new Thunderstone Quest stuff. Don't hold me to that. I've I'm getting my emails mixed up at the moment. I don't have them in front of me, but yeah, I think you can, you can check that stuff out as well. So that's a, that's a little kicker for you. So that's Gen Con happening now as of the time that I'm recording this and publishing it. So head on over for that and uh, let me know, let me know what you think about these games. If you see them there, am I right? Am I wrong? I, I, I mean, I've got what I've got to say. <laughs> about it i don't know anyway let me know what you think about it and uh, let me know what else there is that's cool there that we should know about so we can let our audience know use that voice message feature and we'll talk to you very very soon here on board games daily all right well that's gonna do it for yet another episode of board games daily thanks so much for tuning in As always, we ask, if you enjoy the show, that you share the show with your friends, your loved ones, your cohorts, whoever you think might enjoy the show, go ahead and share it with them out there in the world of social media. It's easy to do, right? The last thing I'm going to ask for you to do is to go ahead and look at your device, look wherever you're listening, give us a subscription, a rating, a review, 
we would be so, so grateful for that. So we have continued to climb the charts on Anchor and iTunes. It's been really, really great. So I'm super grateful for all of that. Keep it up. We love you guys for listening. And uh, of course, you too can be a part of the conversation. Do you have ideas on house rules? You can sound off by using that voice message feature on the Anchor app. All right, I'm going to get out of here for Scott Firestone and AJ Skifstad. I'm Jeremiah Isley with Board Games Daily. Until tomorrow, why don't you go play some games? We'll see you. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.